Hey guys, welcome back to another Trucking Made Successful podcast. I hope you're all doing well, staying safe, making progress in your operations, and of course, making some profit. After all, we're all in this industry to make some money, right? So a few days ago, an article came out that really piqued my interest. This article was by Freight Waves, and it was called Shipper Sentiment is Slipping. Is the freight market turning? Now, of course, this stuff piques my interest because it gives us hope. So I decided to dig in. Now, something I have realized over the past few weeks is that more and more articles like this, emails and videos are coming out regarding this whole idea that the freight market is turning. Now, no one claims that it's turning fast, but they all say the same thing. The freight market has hit its bottom and is now going to be climbing back up. Now, something I don't want to do is I do not want to make predictions. I want to make theoretical guesses. I suppose that's the best way to put it. So I'm going to be focusing on facts that I have found about the general economy, the freight market, and what moves the freight market so we can dissect those pieces to understand whether these articles are just merely very optimistic or whether there is some truth to it. All right, so this article from Freight Waves about this whole shipper sentiment slipping, let me give you a bit of context. As per this article, and I quote, every quarter we survey our shipper, carrier, and broker contacts with a handful of sector-specific questions. The idea is to gauge how things feel on the ground level. These overall freight sentiment indexes are derived from five questions we ask contacts in each sector. So basically, Freight Waves is taking a survey, right? Now, if you're interested in seeing visuals, you can always go to my YouTube channel, same name, Trucking Made Successful, where I show the visuals and there are downloadable documents as well as references there. But for now, I'm going to try to explain this in a podcast. So the five questions. Number one is near-term profitability. What are your expectations for profitability in the current quarter compared to the last quarter? The next question is longer-term profitability, which is basically asking about profitability 12 months from now. Then there are a few questions that don't really matter so much, in my opinion, near-term workforce sentiment, longer-term workforce sentiment, and business investment sentiment. So something you should know is Freight Waves has been conducting these surveys since quarter four of 2022. And this time around, shippers are the least positive group. As Freight Waves says, and I quote, shippers have enjoyed pricing power this year due to excess capacity, but their sentiment this quarter dipped from 10.56 to 8.32, while carrier and broker sentiments increased. Now, of course, this is something that could mean that shippers are seeing a change coming their way, a change that does not benefit them. And that could be a ton of different things. What could not benefit a shipper? But if we're looking at this from the standpoint of being an optimist as a carrier, what doesn't benefit a shipper usually benefits us, right? Because if the shipper is paying more money for transportation, that means we earn more money and the shipper spends more. At least that's how 
I like to think of it if I'm being an optimist. Now, we're basically playing tug of war here. More specifically, shippers said that their long-term profitability and near-term profitability are what they expect to see a decrease in. Okay, now that we have some context, let's take a look at both sides of the same coin, right? Supply and demand. So again, supply and demand is one of the most important things in the spot market, not so much the contract market, at least not as much as in the spot market, we'll put it that way. But in the spot market, supply and demand is basically what drives rates up and down. If there is an oversupply of trucks and a lack of demand, rates will go down. If it's the opposite and there is increasing demand, but not enough trucks to transport those loads, of course, rates will start going up. So we're going to start by looking at the supply side of things. Basically, what is going on with capacity? And to look at capacity, we have to take a look at carrier population and go from there. Are carriers increasing or decreasing? So in June of 2023, so basically a month ago, there were a total of 9,229 revocations, which includes both those that voluntarily gave up their authority and those that lost their authority because the FMCSA decided that they shouldn't have it anymore. Now, these refer to carriers who no longer have the authority to operate, whether voluntarily or involuntarily. On the other hand, there was a total of 2,415 reinstatements of authority and 5,808 new carriers who just entered the market. And again, we're speaking about June. Now, I wish I could say that the amount of new carriers that entered the market, the 5,808 new carriers, is a low number compared to prior months, but I would be lying. It's actually the second highest increase since April of 2023 when I started tracking this data. So the result? Well, we lost a net of only 1,008 carriers in the month of June, which is the lowest loss of carriers since the beginning of April 2023. Now, that being said, it still shows us that carriers are leaving faster than those that are entering, right? Since we have a negative uh, carrier population, more and more carriers are leaving the market. But does that mean that the amount of dispatchable trucks, you know, those that are out there ready to take a load, are decreasing. Well, as I always say, there is a second part to capacity because in the past, even as carriers were shutting their doors, larger carriers were soaking up all those people who were left without a company, company less. So capacity or the number of dispatchable trucks was not really decreasing by much. So let's talk about some job data. So from around February of 2023, we have seen that jobs in the trucking industry have, they sort of plateaued, right? They're not really moving up or down much. Just to give you an idea, January had about 1,611,000 jobs available. February had 1,606,000 jobs available, a loss of 5,100 jobs. March, 1,607,000 jobs, a gain of 
1,300 jobs. April also saw a gain of 1,100 jobs. May saw another gain, 1,200 jobs, and June saw a drop of 200 jobs. But I know these sound like huge numbers, but they really are not, and I'm going to explain why. Now, let's compare it to the carrier decreases, and unfortunately, I only have data starting from April, but let's take it from there. In April, we lost 1,540 carriers, but 1,100 jobs were added. Now, even if each of those carriers were a one-man show, which is not really likely, right? Many carriers, they employ drivers, they have more than one truck, but let's say that these carriers are all a one-man show it would still be a decrease in capacity, right? 1,540 carriers lost, 1,100 jobs added. In May, we lost 4,277 carriers net and 1,200 jobs were added. And in June, we lost 200 jobs and 1,008 carriers. So what does this mean? Well, it means that when carriers are going out of business, a good number of the people in those companies are not getting soaked up by other carriers. In other words, yes, capacity is decreasing, just not quickly enough, but it is on a downward trajectory. All right, now that we have figured out the capacity portion, or at least got an idea, let's take a look at the demand side, which is driven, of course, by shippers and volume. How much freight is there to move? If there is more volume, then shippers have a higher demand for trucks, not rocket science. So what factors influence volume? Well, first and foremost, there is the consumer spending, right? As consumers buy more stuff, that demand is like a domino effect and it goes down the supply chain. Retailers start selling out of their inventory, so of course they're going to be placing more orders. Manufacturers have to produce more stuff, they have to order more raw materials and so on. And of course, since we are in the middle of all of that, the more stuff consumers are buying, the more money they're spending, the more freight we have to transport. If we're talking about consumer spending on physical goods, of course, not services. So I know you guys can't see this chart. And again, as a reminder, you can go to my YouTube channel to see these charts, but there's a chart on US retail sales, less food services, and what I can tell you is that those sales have been climbing and are, as of June 2023, worth $600 billion. But this chart is not adjusted for inflation. So I decided to go online, find a calculator because I'm just not that smart, but I basically adjusted it for inflation to figure out if people are actually spending more. Basically what I did was I used March 2021 as my baseline. Now I use this calculator and it takes into consideration both the consumer price index and the inflation rate. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at all months compared to March 2021, which will be our baseline. For example, we know that consumers spent over $600 billion in June of 2023, which is much higher than any time before. 
But what we want to know is the purchasing power of this $600 billion. So we're going to compare it to March of 2021, and we will be calculating cumulative inflation, which represents the decline in purchasing power. Now, I know this is all confusing, so let me go through it. So just to give you an idea, the inflation rate in March of 2023 was 2.6%. Now, for July, we don't have it yet. It's going to be available only on August 10th. But as of June, we were at 3%. However, the consumer price index and the consumer price index basically tells us the cost of goods, right? A lot of people think that inflation and consumer price index are the same. They're similar, but they're not exactly the same. I'm not going to go into the details of what the differences are. But just so you know, the consumer price index basically measures the value of a basket of goods over time. I think this is the easiest way to explain it. Okay, so what I did, and again, I know you can't see this chart on the podcast, but basically I compared everything to March 2021. In March of 2021, consumers spent around $558 billion in retail sales, less those uh, food services, right? Now, as we go through 2021, those sales actually decrease, even though on the first chart, they increase because of inflation. People are purchasing less for more money. Now, in 2022, the spending started increasing and then decreased as of April of 2022 and has been going down ever since. Currently, in June of 2023, if we started with the March spending being at $558 billion, June of 2023 adjusted for this inflation, cumulative inflation, consumers really spent $521 billion. Now, yeah, in reality, they spent $600 billion. But what that means is that even though the people are spending more due to inflation and rising CPI, the buying power is actually much less. So they're actually buying less stuff. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about psychology. For those of you who don't know, I did study abnormal psychology in university. That was something that was really interesting to me. It was not really useful in this line of work, although sometimes I think maybe it was, you know, being a therapist can sometimes be helpful in this industry, but Let's talk about the psychology of the consumer. What are they thinking about when they think about the future, right? So the reason I'm bringing this up is because we need to look at the consumer confidence index. Usually if the confidence rises, that means that people are not scared to let go of their cash. And if it falls, they will usually be keeping their cash safely in their pockets, right? After all, if consumers think that the future is bright, they're not afraid to run out of money because they see opportunities and hope. If they think that a recession is going to happen or some crash, economic crash, they're going to be holding on to that money just in case there are harder times ahead. So that is pretty simple. Now, consumer confidence actually rose in July from 110.1 in June to 117 in July. And get this, this is the highest consumer confidence score since July of 2021. How crazy is that? Now, why did this happen? 
Well, because consumers are less convinced of a recession and more convinced of a soft landing. Just how confident are consumers? Well, let me talk you through some survey results. Now, the consumers here took a survey which asked, over the next six months, do you expect to spend more or less in the following activities and services? Now, there's gambling, amusement parks, outdoor recreation, hotel, motel, movies, entertainment, fitness, gyms, restaurants, educational services. Yikes, there's so much stuff here. Financial services, motor vehicle services, healthcare. For the most part, the majority of consumers said that they are going to be spending the same amount as in this month. Some, depending on the category, said that they're going to be spending more than this month. And of course, there were some that said they're going to be spending less than this month. And most of them said that about the gambling lottery, which is probably a good thing. All right. Finally, and I talked about inventory a little bit here, but let's talk about inventory to sales ratios. Why are these important? Well, because this data shows us how inventory is actually moving. If the ratio is low, that means that inventory is being sold quickly and retailers have a hard time keeping stuff on the shelf, which is good because that means that these retailers and businesses need to place more orders to have more inventory. This is what happened with the toilet paper in 2020, right? Retailers could not keep that toilet paper or paper products in general, as well as sanitizers on the shelf. So they were forced to place large orders, right? With manufacturers, distributors, whatnot. And that is part of the reason the volume was so high during those COVID times. The other reason is the fact that people were bored and were spending a ton of money online. Now, if the ratio, the inventory to sales ratio is high, it means that inventory is staying on the shelf longer and businesses have more inventory that they can sell. Now, this is a bad thing because businesses start losing money the longer the inventory sells. And the other thing is they're not placing any more orders. If consumer demand is not there for this particular inventory, retailers and businesses would be really stupid to actually place more orders for something that doesn't sell. So again, high inventory to sales ratio is bad, right? It means high inventory. Low inventory to sales ratio is good. And unfortunately, the inventory to sales ratio has been steadily going up since around October of 2021. And while there was a momentary decrease in the inventory to sales ratio in the beginning, in January of 2023, since then it has been more or less elevated. So basically businesses are not moving inventory as quickly as we would need them to. And consumers are just not buying as much, right? As we already saw, even though consumer confidence is high, it seems like people are spending more money on the service sector rather than the actual physical good side. And this is a problem for us because unless you guys know how to transport services in your trailers, that doesn't help us. That money that is being spent does not help us at all. All right, so let's put this all together. 
On the supply side, basically how many trucks there are, capacity is decreasing, but just not as rapidly as we would need it to, to see a quick positive change in the market, unfortunately. Now, consumer spending, while it's up, their purchasing power decreased due to the consumer price index and inflation. So if we compare to March of 2021, they are actually buying much less. And what we care about is the quantity. The more quantity, the more volume, right? Now, confidence for consumers is up, the highest since July of 2021, which is great, and honestly, it was very surprising. But we already talked about the fact that most consumers, according to that survey, anticipate spending the same amount as they do now in the next six months. And finally, inventories are not moving as much as we would hope they would to actually make a dent in the volume. So where the heck is this decreasing sentiment from shippers, the positive news about the market making a turnaround coming from? Well, my opinion, and this is just my opinion, because I understand that even with all these charts and data and graphs, we only see a fraction of what is actually happening. But my opinion is that this positivity is not coming solely from the fact that we will see a quick turnaround, but from the fact that we are bouncing on the bottom and don't seem to be going lower. Those are two very, very different things. Another possibility, and I'm going to be a little bit pessimistic here, and I don't like doing this, but we are theorizing, so all theories are on the table. So the other possibility is that the long-term profitability sentiment of shippers is decreasing, not because they expect to pay more for transportation, but because they expect less orders and less volume. And of course, if they get less orders, they're not making as much money. See, predictions, they're nearly impossible to make right now. There are a million bazillion, there are a ton of moving pieces in this puzzle. So we can't say for certain what is going to happen tomorrow. Who knows? After that UFO congressional hearing, maybe aliens will invade in August and start shopping and will save us all. Anyway, guys, before I go on babbling, I hope that you guys learned something new. I hope that I was able to explain this data as clearly as possible. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you in the next podcast.